First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. It's because of the music, and it's more than the music. From the bell choir and the singing choir, from the magic and hard work of Karen Kramer's artistry and Bruce Martin's unlimited repertoire and boundless talent, or from all of our voices, shaky and off-key and uncertain as we are, so strong and lovely when we sing together, or a single cello, at a memorial service, or a child with half a year of flute lessons under their belt at a wedding. It's because of the music, and it's more than the music. It's because of the words from ministers, maybe, but mainly from you speaking, reading, sharing from the core of yourselves, or from the youth group that we'll hear next month, or the coming-of-age class in May. It's because of the words that are spun round a provocative idea or a haunting question, words answering a poem or a piece of sacred text, or responding to the harrowing news, or telling a story, a sliver of a sacred story that we're all in. It's because of the words, and it's more than the words. It's because of the commitment here, not just to words, but to action, and not just to action, but to transformation, starting from within ourselves and radiating out, turning the tables of power, renouncing our allegiance to convenient complicity. It's because of earth justice, climate justice, gun justice, trans justice, immigration justice, the dismantling of white supremacy culture, and misogyny, and nationalism, militarism, homophobia, poverty, privilege, and greed. It's because of social justice and the way it intertwines here in, inextricably, in every way, with the life of the spirit. And it is more than social justice. It's because of the art in Griffin Hall, shining in there among the dishwashers and the appliances and the cabinetry and the all this stuff, all these visible signs of inward grace, which is a variation on an old definition of a sacrament. And it's more than the art. It's because of pastoral care, volunteers who just stir up their courage and go to the hospital or make phone calls or write cards of care that come to you from strangers when you're sick or sad or struggling. And all of that is so old-fashioned. It is so retro, really. These ways of tenderness that are as old as grief itself. This is love that cannot be accomplished by texting alone or email. It requires breath and touch and tissues and tears that are salty and snotty and sacred and hugs in the hallway and hands across a table. And it's more than this as well. It's because time and shape and space are shaped in this place to hold young children and babies and youth and their families and also elders and all of us as we travel, stumbling from age to age, from day to day, teaching and learning round and round. It's because of the OWL curriculum on human sexuality or any class in the one-room schoolhouse in the basement that's built by hand by volunteers, companioning children, teaching them, learning from them, how to be good people, 
good, progressive, open-minded, large-hearted people, but more than that, how to be joyful, grateful, at home in ourselves. What can our liberal faith offer children now and teenagers in the way of true joy in these challenging times they are growing up into? It's about faith formation, and it's more than that. It's because of the coffee, obviously, and dinners in each other's homes and memorial receptions and meals made with love for homeless people who sleep in the classrooms here and the suppers you will share when your new kitchen opens. It's because of the Eucharist that any bread properly blessed can become, and it is way more than the food. It's because there's no dogma, no doctrine, no outworn hypocritical orthodoxy here. It's because we strive here for accountability instead of judgment. We don't always get it right. It's because we strive for transparency instead of secrecy, vulnerability instead of posturing, forgiveness rather than fear. Not very long ago, a friend told me about a child, her own child, that she overheard telling their friend about their UU congregation, urging them to come sometime. Don't worry, said that child. It's not what you think. It's not the kind of religion where you have to die inside. Right? The UU elevator speech of a nine-year-old. <laughs> it's because of progressive theology, and it is more than theology. It's because of community and the promise of community, friendships that are decades old and connections that are fleeting, sharing a hymnal, sharing a task. But you have this sense that these truly are your people, even if you don't even know their names. And that if you asked for help, they might actually come through. And if, if you asked for help, and if they asked for your help, you might actually step up. A circle of strangers and comrades and friends who are maybe not like-minded, but like-hearted a circle larger than it looks, because the beloved dead are gathered up into it with us. They're right here beside us, right inside us. And also the others who are not yet even here, who will show up after we're gone and sit right there in your seats, right there in your places, because we've imagined them in our time, as those before imagined you and made this space for you and cast this circle and set the tone and the foundation and paid for it from 1877 on every year without fail. They did that because of music and words, spirit and art, justice and the living earth, and how we hold children and how we hold grief and how we hold scriptures and death and new life and all the names of God because of goofy laughter and righteous anger, a religion that is anchored in integrity and imperfection, even as we're still learning what those even are, because no single thing, but all the things, it matters that the congregation exists and that we have a hand in its thriving. It's all the things and not any particular thing, because you could find all these singular things just about anywhere and likely more shiny than you're going to find them here. You could go to a concert for music. You could go to a lecture 
four words, or just turn on a TED Talk and not even get out of your bed. You could go to a museum or a library or a book club or a school for learning and art, and a restaurant for dinner, and a social service agency or a political party where you could serve the world and maybe actually change it. You can go to the woods or your garden to pray or lay a blanket under the stars for all the wonderment you need. There are support groups for grief, 12-step programs for recovery, the Universal Life Online Church will credential your uncle in a minute for weddings. <laughs> you can go on social media if you want to for friends. But these are the particulars. A church is more than its parts. There are coffee shops all over the place. Great bagels, great Wi-Fi. What would be the point of drinking your coffee here on Sunday if we weren't also, for example, teaching each other ethics, children and adults all together? And what would be the point of that deep inward growth if we weren't also out there in the public square, loud and proud and fired up, placing our bodies right there side by side with others in the struggle? who need us and we need them. And what would anchor that exhausting work of shaking the foundations if we couldn't land here to recover and rest once a week and restore our souls and hear a volunteer choir singing or ringing in the morning? You hear live music made by humans every week. How could we justify a gift like that? if we weren't also all about the nonstop work of discerning how to dwell in peace together, your church a microcosm of the whole wide broken world, and seeking for truth and helping each other. It all goes round and round. No single thing without all the others, because these are not commodities, they're not consumables, they are sacraments, gifts we receive and return. It's a circuit. Gwendolyn Brooks, the great African-American poet, writes in a poem of music words, devout and large. She says, we are each other's harvest. We are each other's business. We are each other's magnitude and bond. We sing those music words, whether we're in the choir or not. And you might come only for the music, while somebody else comes only for the children's program. This one just for social action, that one just for the snacks on Sunday morning. But we hold it all together, hold each other and all our loves and hopes and this whole world all together, clumsy as we are. We are each other's harvest. We are each other's business. We are each other's magnitude and bond. So it all matters. It matters that the church exists. It matters that we covenant together to have a hand in its thriving, that we show up as we're able, that we fund it as we're able, all together. There is no one else who's going to do that. The pledge goal this year here is ambitious, $615,000. But in fact, it is lean for the size of the place, for the scope of your work, for all the things you do here, all the things that it is, it's a lean budget to keep the lights on, the snow plowed incessantly, the people working here paid. 
with fa fairly and with proper benefits. Your board has gathered all these requests from all of you, the committees and teams, and they are working to build this pragmatic, responsible budget to hold it all, what you want to do. But really, it's what you mean to be. And we know if every household pledged, what, $2,500? We'd reach the goal this afternoon. And we know also it never works that way, nor can it, nor should it, because some households here can give exponentially more than that, and consistently you do. And others can give just a fraction. For some, $25 a year is a mighty stretch, and they may not make it. In this house, everyone has equal voice. You hold all the things all together, and every gift of every size is a testament to generosity and trust and visionary love. And they mean that. And the stewardship committee means it when they tell you, even if your gift is less than you want it to be, even if this year you can't give very much at all, just put that on your card and put it in an envelope and send it in as a love letter to your church. Because you're needed in the circle. Everybody is. And that has nothing to do with monetary wealth. This is a common wealth. And every year, miraculously, it works out because the whole is larger and stronger and more durable than any single one of its particular parts. We run here on this practical, magical arithmetic, practical in responsible stewardship of resources, magical in generosity, gratitude, and trust. We are living in 2023 in an uncertain time maybe the most uncertain times that any of us has ever known, including those here who are old enough to remember and to have come through, say, the time of the Vietnam War, or the Second World War, or the Jim Crow time, or the Great Depression. When I speak about this with people who are in those age groups, beloved elders, they sometimes get really quiet, and they look down at their hands in their laps, and shake their heads. One person not long ago did exactly this, and then looked up at me, eyes filled with tears, and said, this is different. What's happening now, this is way different. Pay attention. And they just reached out their hand to me, and it was like, hold on, pass it on, stay strong. Incredible damage has been done, is being done, and some of it's irrevocable, and some of it's invisible, including soul damage, psychic damage. You can feel it these days in the center of your spirit. Communities of faith, meaning hope, matter. Anchored in history, strong in dreams for the future, it matters. Communities where compassion is just expected, but never goes without saying. Where humanity in all of its lovely incarnations and all the other living things are celebrated, honored, cherished, fought for. This all matters now more than ever. Joy matters more than ever. And radical love. Elliot read to us from the poet David Hernandez, to anyone who is still trying, any person, any human, any someone who breaks up the fight, who spackles holes, who fed X's ice shelves to the Arctic to keep the polar bears afloat, 
who talks the wind-rippled woman down from the bridge. Any individual, any citizen, skimming muck from the coughing ocean, anybody picketing across the street from the anti-gay, anti-trans, anti-queer, anti-life picketers with their own sign shouting love and rage, I get cynical sometimes, he says. There is so much broken in the system. I'm working at whittling away at pessimism, harvesting light where I can find it. That's what you do here. You're harvesting light. And we are each other's harvest. We are each other's magnitude and bond. And to anyone who is still trying, which is all of you, always trying, all of us, this church really matters.